This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I want to go back and I want to remind you of a very important moment in the 2016 presidential campaign. It was the first question of the first Republican debate on Fox News. Here's Brett Baer. Is there anyone on stage, and can I see hands, who is unwilling tonight to pledge your support to the eventual nominee of the Republican Party and pledge to not run an independent campaign against that person. Again, we're looking for you to raise your hand now. Raise your hand now if you won't make that pledge tonight. Mr. Trump. So, Mr. Trump, to be clear, you're standing on a Republican primary debate. I fully understand. So that night, Trump wouldn't make the pledge. He later on did sign the loyalty pledge the GOP wanted him to sign. Let me read you the pledge Trump and all of the GOP presidential candidates had to sign. Here it is. I, Donald Trump, affirm that if I do not win the 2016 Republican nomination for president of the United States... I will endorse the 2016 Republican presidential nominee, regardless of who it is. I further pledge that I will not seek to run as an independent or write-in candidate, nor will I seek or accept the nomination of any other party. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Every person on that stage made that same pledge. And actually, even the people in the undercard debate, all 17 Republican candidates made that very same pledge. Even Trump did, even though it took him a few weeks to come around. Well, the person who was standing right next to Trump that night, who did not raise his hand, who signed the very same pledge, was Jeb Bush. Well, it appears... Governor Bush is not a man of his word. Last week, Governor Bush posted this on his Facebook page, quote, In November, I will not vote for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, but I will support principled conservatives at the state and federal levels, just as I have done my entire life. For Republicans, there is no greater priority than ensuring we keep control of both chambers of Congress I look forward to working hard for great conservatives in the Senate and House in the coming months. Jeb is wrong for two reasons. First, he is going back on his word of honor. He gave his word when it was easy. He's now taking that word back because it's hard. A man is only as good as his word. Jeb's word is no good. That, by the way, is why his father was voted out of office. George H.W. Bush made a campaign pledge when it was easy. Read my lips. No new taxes. Then, when it got hard, he went back on his word and raised taxes. Conservatives and populists bolted from the GOP and supported Perot, a third-party candidate. That got Bill Clinton elected, even though he didn't win a majority of the popular vote. 
The second reason Jeb is wrong is the excuse he gives for going back on his word. He says he's not supporting Trump because the most important thing to the GOP is keeping the House and Senate. He's afraid that Trump, as the nominee for Republicans, will hurt Republican candidates down ballot. Okay, that's possible, but it's not the most important thing. This is where Jeb's dead wrong. The most important thing isn't keeping the House and Senate. It's winning the White House. That should be painfully obvious to anyone who's voted for a Republican congressman or senator over the past eight years and thought something good would come from it. The GOP has ruled the House since 2010. They've ruled the Senate since 2014. What good has that done? No, ask yourself, what conservative agenda items can we actually check off? Is the national debt under control? No. Has Obamacare been repealed and replaced? No. Has the overregulation of the coal, oil, and gas industries been reduced? No. Have we been able to improve the transparency of the Obama administration and finally get some real answers to Benghazi, the IRS, and Lois Lerner, or Fast and Furious? No. Did we stop the Iran nuke deal? No. Have we been able to improve race relations and stopped inner-city black-on-black violence? No. Have we done a better job of protecting and supporting our first responders? No. Have we defeated ISIS and prevented terrorist attacks here at home or in Western nations? No. Have we stopped illegal immigration and put forth a sensible immigration reform plan? No. Have we expanded individual liberties, focused on equal opportunity rather than equal outcome, and improved and expanded the free market? No, no, and no. Not one single thing on the conservative agenda has been done, even though we've controlled both houses. This is the age of the imperial presidency. The executive branch is much more powerful today than either the legislative or judicial branches are. And that's not how it was designed, but that's how it is today. And the one person who ran for president, who is both the son and the brother of former presidents, should know that. I think if you were really to evaluate the situation, he would have to admit it. But his Facebook posts is just an excuse for a grown man to indulge his hurt feelings. He has sacrificed his honor for his pride, and that is a shame. There are other GOP leaders who are doing the same thing. Listen to Congressman Paul Ryan in an interview from January of this year. I trust the Republican primary voter to deliver a very good nominee for us so that we can bring a unified conservative movement Republican Party uh, through 2016 and offer the country a very crystal clear choice. I think we are well equipped. I think we'll have a healthy primary. I think that's all good. And I think what we owe this country, if we don't like the direction America is headed, which we don't, and I think the vast majority of Americans agree with us, we owe them to the, the ability to make the choice. And I think we're going to have a nominee who does that. He had faith in the voters until the voters actually started voting. As the head of the GOP in the House, Ryan has to know how important the White House is. Ryan said over the weekend he can't yet support Trump as the GOP nominee. I understand that Ryan and Trump have some big differences on policy. But Ryan needs to ask himself one very simple question. If the number one priority of the GOP is to repeal and replace Obamacare, and just about every Republican congressman and senator has said that it is, 
then who is more likely to go along with these vitally needed reforms, President Trump or President Clinton? It's a pretty easy answer, and it should make Ryan's endorsement of Trump pretty easy, too. There are some party leaders, establishment types, who are going to hold their nose and vote for Trump. John McCain has said he will endorse Trump, even though Trump has said John McCain should lose his Senate re-election primary. McCain's come around. Vice President Dick Cheney said he will vote for Trump, even though Trump called him a liar. Rick Perry and Bobby Jindal both dropped out of the race before any votes were cast. Both encouraged Republicans to vote for someone other than Trump during their dropout press conferences. Both have now endorsed Trump. There are a lot of calls right now for Trump to unite the party. That's backwards. It's time for the party to unite behind Trump. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to demand loyalty from Trump and then not give loyalty to him when he's won the nomination. You don't get to say you have faith in the voters and then second-guess their choice. And you don't get to ignore history and math. Holding on to Congress won't stop President Hillary Clinton from naming up to four liberal Supreme Court justices in the next eight years. It won't help out our energy policies or reduce the overregulation by the EPA or the IRS or the BLM or any number of other alphabet agencies. Only winning the White House can undo the damage done by our current president, and no Republican can win if conservatives stay home like they did in 2012 or vote for a third-party candidate like they did in 1992 and 1996. That's history, and that's math. You may not like Trump. I don't. I think he's a pompous ass. He acts like a petulant child, yes. That doesn't make it okay for Jeb or Paul Ryan or Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney or any other Republican to pout like a child. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying over me.